This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the controversy over the small hands, we're going to get the AP guy or the uh, Washington Examiner, examiner uh, person on. I tweeted, uh, <clears throat> I tweeted him, uh, and uh, have not. We heard back from the Washington Examiner, and they just, uh, you know, Beckett uh, Adams, who's been on the program before, used to work at the Blaze. Yes. Um, he uh, mentioned that uh, since the thumb and the nose look about the same size, he does not think it's photoshopped. Okay. Um, however, uh, I mean, it just looks like it to me. And I'm not accusing them of anything. They're they're good journalists over there. Uh, they mm-hmm. do a great job at the Washington Examiner. But I just uh, I just would like to get confirmation from the actual uh, <clears throat> photographer himself. Well, yeah, freakishly small hands like that. You want to be sure that they actually belong to the person, and, and it hasn't been photoshopped, right? You you just want to be sure. Right. Right. They're not midget hands or you know little person hands, dwarf hands, whatever. Right. Whatever uh, that attached. is. Right. To, to Donald Trump's body, that would be wrong to do. That that would be. That would be uh, wrong. And that's why I. And I mean, I, it looks like it. So there's such tiny, tiny little hands on a man who's six three. Come on, can't be possible. It doesn't seem possible. Um, but I did so. tweet the uh, photographer, the AP photographer who took the original photo. But that does not mean necessarily that it wasn't altered by somebody in the process. True. Um, you know, you never know when someone plays a prank on somebody or whatever. <clears throat> it just does not look like they, they could be the hands of a, a, a human being of that size. Well, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. My hands are small, I I know, but they're not yours. They are my own, and uh, I will not be broken. Okay? Uh, Yeah. I will not be broken. Uh, I think you have said that before. Uh, Someone else said it before once, too. Really? Yeah, I think uh, Hmm. they may have been quoting you. Uh, I feel like someone said that to music uh, as a quote. Really? Mm-hmm. That would be weird. What a weird song that would be. No, well, well, my hands are small, I know, but they're not yours. They are my own, and you, I will not be broken. That's you, a weird. <laughs> that's a weird song. But you don't think it's weird that you just said that to me? No. Okay. No, because I wanted you to understand how I feel about my hands. Well, but you know, but the fact that you put my in front of the hands mm-hmm. indicates that you already know that they're yours. Yeah, they're. But it just accentuates the point. That they're not yours, they are my own. And then I want you to also know, as I follow up, I will not be broken. That's important for everyone (laughs) to know. And I'm not sure why I would be broken if you thought they were your hands. I'm not sure why I would be broken. It's just something I feel... 
I mean, what am I resisting there? Am I re resisting the collectivization of manufacturing? I don't know. I, I, don't, I know. don't know. Let's. Uh, I don't know. Let's get to. Uh, let's get to uh, GOP Representative Adam <laughs> Kinzinger from Illinois talking to Wolf Blitzer about a rigged election. You want to? All right. Here it is. Is the process rigged as Trump alleges? No. I mean, look, if the process was rigged, you would not have Ted Cruz and Donald Trump as the two front runners for the Republican Party right now. You'd have somebody else. So, no, it's not rigged. It's just the rules. Each state chooses to do it differently. It's a state. You know, we believe in federalism, the strength mm -hmm. of the state. The state can choose. The state parties can choose how they want to do nominations. We do a primary in Illinois. Some places do caucuses. It's the rules. The rules are known. And Donald Trump, basically, and, and all he brags about being able to, you know, bring people together and make deals and all this kind of stuff, he's unable to simply run for president. Mm -hmm. It's amazing just the, the amount of whining that comes from him when he's not getting his way. And, uh, and that's what's happening. I mean, look, he, he could have gone out and competed in Colorado, mm -hmm. in Wyoming. Thank you. Uh, but he didn't have a strong enough team in place to know what needed to be done. So, you know, look, he's Thank running you. a strong campaign. Jeez, he is the front man. runner for the Republican Party. I'm not going to mm -hmm. take that away from him. But don't whine when you don't get your way when you probably could have gone on the Internet and found out what the rules are. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> great. Yeah, that's how we find out about him. I, I mean, that's I have no great. internal connections to the GOP. I went on the Internet and looked at him. I like um, this guy. How has he avoided our attention up until this point? I don't know. It's a great point. You though. know Adam Kins Kinzinger? I don't, yeah. I'm not familiar. But uh, that was great. Uh, one interesting thing is... If you're Donald Trump, you're saying the process is unfair. People's votes aren't counted, mm -hmm. right? That's your, your point. So what would be the natural extension of that? Let's just say you're looking for a fair election process in which the delegates are awarded. How would you, Pat Gray, come up? What system would you say? Completely fair, starting from scratch, what would it be? If you win, let's say, 37% mm -hmm. of the, uh, the vote, what percentage of the delegates should you get? 37%. Mm. That would be interesting. Yeah. Now, of course, if that were, and of course, that's what you mm -hmm. think he's arguing for, right? Like, I want every vote to count the mm -hmm. same, and it would one be a, del one. a delegate system, one for one, right? Right. Um, if he did that, he would have literally no chance to win the nomination. What is the percentage now? Is he it currently has 37% of the vote and 46% mm -hmm. of the delegates, 46, which okay. is the only reason he has any chance to actually win. Um, you know, because he's he, this system has benefited him significantly uh, more than the other candidates. By the way, uh, Cruz has slightly more than his vote percentage in delegates, and uh, you know, you know, Rubio has less, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, mm -hmm. but I mean, that's what it, and the system's designed that way. Mm -hmm. The system is designed for the typical election process in which you have a front runner who gets off to an early lead and wins those early states, and then doesn't have to use all of his resources in a long battle against a candidate that doesn't really have a chance but continues to run. Um, so Mitt Romney was able to put away Rick Santorum and Ron Paul in 2012 because he got off to a big lead and he, had, he was not going to lose and got to mm -hmm. a, a point in the election in which it felt like, you know, it's too much. He was going to have to waste lots of money to try to fend off these delegates on a proportional basis. Uh, and you're seeing that at some level in the Democratic side. Um, if it was not for the superdelegates right now, I mean, this would be a closer election. But, you know, the way the Republican one is set up, they put the winner-take-all states later on in the, ba in, in the battle, the winner-take-most states later on in the battle, so that you can get a lot of delegates when you win, mm -hmm. because, and then put the second- and third-tier candidates away. The difference in this election is Donald Trump is not good enough to win. He has mm -hmm. not done a good enough job to put away these other candidates. He has not been able to 
win with large enough percentages or winning in enough. I mean, he's lost several states in a row. Yeah. And the, the, that's the issue. That doesn't normally happen. Most front runners get out to the front and then just win. Right. He can't do that. Right. Because he's awful. So now he's caught in this mm. slog of delegate uh, wrangling, mm. which he's losing too. Uh, so he's complaining about that. But if they went back to the other rules, he would be in much worse position, in a position that there would undoubtedly be a contested convention. And what would be better rules? Do you want a federal, uh, a federally run primary system where you impose the rules on every state? If you're conservative, you have to say, no, I want the states to decide uh, their voting procedure. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what... How you would do this differently? Because um, it wouldn't—it it, just—it wouldn't be America then. Um, mm. But uh, one American news network isn't that where uh, that's where Tommy came yeah. from, right? Uh, and Gravis Marketing have done a, a new survey about uh, New York Republican primary and Democrat uh, voters, and they find 57% of Republican participants support Trump. Ugh, 57. Uh, to 22 for Kasich and 20 for Cruz. Now it's good if both those guys are over 20. Right, or I, does it matter if he's over fifty? It depends on it's, there's because there's the, the main. I'm not sure on the statewide. There's eleven delegates statewide. I'm not sure mm-hmm. about on the on the uh, district level. Um, it is uh, it is just first and second place. I think it's just first and second place for the uh, statewide delegates as well. I could be wrong on that, but I but I, I think so. In other words, you need to get somebody over twenty percent uh, for for the delegates to okay. go. Um, but I think. But if the if the if the guy who wins is over fifty, does that negate the other person who's over twenty? Yes, not? it does. Crap. So if he gets over fifty, he will get all eleven statewide. Oh man! And then he will go through. It will be a district by district. There's, so this would not be a good scenario right here. No, and uh, I would say it's a bad it's, scenario. It's, I would say it's. It and might not be a good likely. scenario, but it's likely. It's likely. I mean, he's. Yeah. But again, it's his I think home we all state. Agree if on that. if Ted Cruz ran against Donald Trump and. Um, uh, Marco or uh, John Kasich in Texas, he would also get over fifty percent easily. Well, and Cruz did. I mean, t- uh, Cruz won one hundred and three delegates in Texas. Right, but the vote he got fifty or forty-seven percent, I believe, in Texas. In Texas? No, no. I think it was. I think it was larger. No, because I wasn't it. It had to be bigger than that in Texas. Uh, no, I don't think so. But he had. He was going against Rubio and a bunch I, of other people. Yeah, there were multiple people, but it, I thought. Maybe I'm just thinking of Utah, I think he was, Wyoming. Yeah, Kansas. I think he was. I think he was just under fifty. That's fifty sucks, was dude. the um, huh? Fifty was the. Was that the magic number to get all the delegates? Uh, Maybe and he didn't yes, get there. Yes, that's exactly it. Um, mm. Right? Am I right, Jeffy? Yeah, forty-three. Forty-three. So, so but again, it was look Cruz, at the, 43, read the list of Trump. 27, 27 or twenty-six. Yeah, twenty-six point seven. Yeah, he beat him by Rubio, seventeen. Seventeen. Right. Seventeen. Seventeen point seven, and yeah. then Kasich. Four point two, Carson four point two. Yeah, he's still dividing it among ten or eleven guys. All the others got three. Yeah. Right, so he would have he would have easily been over fifty yes. percent, easily, uh, most likely in a uh, two or three person race. Right, no question. Um, among the uh, likely Democrat voters, uh, Hillary wins it by fifty three to forty seven percent over wow, Bernie Sanders. That's really Just close. Fifty three forty seven in her home state. This is kind of weird. I you know I. We're so caught up in this, and we talk about it so much. I dream every night about Donald Trump and the election process. I I, I can't. It's just it just haunts my dreams almost every night. You're saying when legitimately when you're legitimately dreaming about the election, dream about this stuff. It's it's killing me. I can't wait till it's over. Oh, me neither. But this morning, the most uh, it was a really weird dream. 
uh, we were, I think we were over here on this stage for TV, and uh, and we're all sitting around, and we just we had just done an interview with Hillary Clinton. She walks off the stage. Glenn is handed his cell phone, uh, which he picks up and doesn't even say hello. He says, uh, I love you, Bernie. And he starts talking to Bernie Sanders. Oh, my God. And I hear Bernie's uh, nauseating voice on the other end of the line just coming through because he's so loud. And I'm thinking, what in the hell did you just say to him? He's a socialist. And at that point, I woke up and I was <laughs> so glad. So the, so the, the lesson there is Glenn is just a dream. Glenn, there is, like, Glenn is actually a socialist. <laughs> Are we sharing yes. dreams now? Yes. Uh, no, no, we're not. Uh, I can no, tell you the not. dream that I had this no. morning. No, no, I don't. Just, I mean, it's different. We're all every out of time this morning. We were going to do that, but, was, uh, but we're out of time. We're out of, all we're out out of time. time. Well, we have to do that because we have to do this too, <laughs> which is um, a majority of Americans now can't see themselves supporting Trump, Cruz, or Clinton. Um, and these polls change, of course. Mm -hmm. um, 73% of the U.S. voters said uh, they would be satisfied with a Clinton um, nomination on the Democratic side, but only 47% of Sanders uh, supporters agreed. 63% mm. of Republican voters said they would be satisfied with Trump. 66% said they would be satisfied with Cruz. Uh, you know, these polls, I don't know. I, I don't know. In the, in the middle of a heated primary, it's hard to say. I think there will be a contingency. There will be a, a group of Trump voters that won't vote for Cruz, a group, a group of a group of a other voters, everybody else, who are going to be sort of never Trump people, um, that number will shrink significantly from where it is now. Um, if it's 63 percent, mm -hmm. we'll say they're vote for. I mean, it will not be 63 percent of Republican votes that that Trump no. gets. I mean, no. unless unless there's a legitimate third party candidate, like you know somebody were to jump in, that you know, uh, I don't know, I, you know, again, we'll use Paul Ryan, even though he's. Uh, he said he's not going to, but let's just say in some crazy world, um, and I do not believe this at all, but like some crazy world, a guy like Paul Ryan runs as a third party and he becomes the favored nominee of Republicans. Um, mm -hmm. This is not going to happen, but it could, it could, somebody could do it. It's not out of the realm of possibility that some governor decides to get in last minute. Um, you know, there's obviously the libertarians are going to run somebody, um, probably most likely Gary Johnson uh, again. Um, but I mean, he's not, I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to win 10, 12% of the vote. Uh, if there was somebody who was Ross Perot sort of level that jumped in, you could see that number changing. But honestly, it's not going to be 63%. It's going to be probably more like 80. But 80 is bad. It's a really bad job mm -hmm. for uh, Trump. And he has no chance of winning if he gets 80% of Republican vote. No chance. I mean, it's literally 0% chance of him winning that election. He has to get much better. He has to do much better than that. Yeah, he's a terrible candidate. And when it comes to a general election, if it were between him and Hillary, he will be asked questions he just can't possibly answer. He just can't possibly answer them. And he'll try to soft shoe like he does now and dance around it. And it won't work in the general election. Ted Cruz doesn't have that issue. Ted Cruz asked a tough question by a uh, so-called lifelong Republican, I bet. Uh, anyway, this lifelong Republican asked Ted Cruz this question. What would you as president do to protect me and my husband from that institutionalized discrimination? Nothing. Well, listen, when it comes to religious liberty, my job. religious liberty is something that protects Period. every one of us. Okay. It is the very first amendment, the very first phrase protected in the first uh, amendment of the Bill of Rights. And, and religious liberty, it applies to Christians, it applies to Jews, it applies to Muslims, it applies to atheists. And, and all of us, we want to live in a world where we don't have the government dictating our beliefs, mm -hmm. dictating how we live. We have a right to live according to our faith, according to our conscience. And that freedom 
ultimately protects each and every one of us. And, and, and we shouldn't have the right to force others to knuckle under and give up their faith and give up their belief. And, and for me, I mean, I have spent my entire adult life fighting to defend religious liberty, fighting to defend the freedom of every one of us to seek out and worship God. And I think keeping government out of the way of your lives protects the freedom of every, every one of us. Great answer. It looked like answer. he was buying it. Answer. Yeah, no, I don't think he was buying it. I mean, I, you know, I think the, the premise of the question is, of course, flawed. Um, saying that... Uh, I'm not doing anything to protect your... Or to ensure your relationship, I, that's not the job of the President of the United States. It's also not, the it's also not what the laws do. Uh, uh, no. Institutional discrimination is not what, it, what a fair way to describe keeping men out of women's bathrooms. That's, I mean, it's, mm -hmm. just a, it's not a fair way to describe that at all. Uh, it's not what the law is intended to do. Obviously, institutional discrimination uh, is, first of all, illegal uh, mm. <laughs> uh, under... Um, for, for most uh, most reasons, uh, but secondly, uh, it's not uh, something that anyone backs. You don't discriminate against someone by law. You know the, the Jim Crow laws were examples of that. De government is the one that does that. Mm -hmm. um, that's not something that you know uh, small governments typically deal in because when you're a small government, you, you can't do those things. Big governments uh, can do them, and you know overbearing governments mm -hmm. can do them. And, and you know, the Jim Crow laws are an example of that. That was government discriminating against people. That was not uh, you know that was not a, that, that for a lack of government. That was too much government um, uh, supporting those rules. It's interesting to see him kind of go through that, though, because, again, he goes back to the Constitution. He does it really well. And he knows, uh, you know, I mean, because they kept following. I think we, uh, yeah, we, we have the second part of this because he keep, yeah. they kept following up on it, trying to get him yeah. to, do, to, to, to break down here. And I think he handled it well. Watch. I am a constitutionalist. And, and under the Constitution, marriage is a question for the states. That has been the case from the very beginning of this country, that it's been up to the states. And so if someone wants to change the marriage laws... I don't think it should be five unelected lawyers down in Washington dictating that. And even if you happen to agree with that particular decision, why would you want to hand over every important public policy issue to five unelected lawyers who aren't mm -hmm. accountable to you, mm -hmm. who don't work for you? Instead, if you want to change the marriage laws, convince your fellow citizens to change the laws. And by the way, it may end up that we've got 50 states, that the laws in one state may be different than another state. And we would expect that. We would expect the people of New York to adopt different laws, perhaps, than the people of California or Texas or Florida. And that's the great thing about a big, diverse country, is that we can have different laws that re respect different values. Yeah, that's a good and I, I would further that in that, okay, so if, you're, if New York decides on same-sex marriage and you're married in New York, then I, I think you would recognize that marriage as legitimate in Texas, right? If they, ca I mean, if they then what... moved as a married couple from New York where they were married, okay, the deal's already done, right? You're not going to split them up once they get to Texas. Right. The Defense of Marriage Act essentially tried to deal with that and say yeah. no. I mean, they said basically you don't have to recognize it in another state, mm -hmm. uh, and the, the, the battle on it that was the, a messy problem. the equal protection yeah. Uh, clause. Yeah. Um, so the, I mean, it, it does make it uh, make a messy um, uh, issue. Uh, however, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, th then you have the state benefits going to gay mar married couples who are gay, and I know a lot of people don't want that, and blah 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 blah. To me, the easy solution here is to get the government out of... I mean, it's not easy it's because just not gonna there's happen, a lot of tradition. Though. Yeah, not going to happen. Uh, might, maybe, you know, maybe not, but you know what? That's the same thing people said to gay, mm -hmm. 
people when they want to get married in the 90s. When Hillary Clinton was coming out and saying it was a bedrock principle in the late 2000s, uh, it didn't seem like it was possible then either. And, and this is, I think the issue here is to fight for what's right rather than, you know, what's doable. I think, and what's right is the government shouldn't be in this. I mean, you know, George Washington didn't get married with a freaking uh, 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 marriage uh, license. George freaking Washington. So when Cruz says it's an issue for the states, while that's true that it was designed to be an issue for the states, the states had decided in many cases to not deal with it at all. So you're and, saying George and Martha lived in sin? No, I'm saying? saying they were married legitimately, but mm. the government had nothing to do with it. And that's what? Uh, How is that possible? How's yeah, that I know. Possible? You know, it's funny because it's huh. like I always thought, thought of this of like, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, marriage and, and as it relates to faith. And like you're doing things in and out of marriage, right? Like, uh, you know, are you married or are you not? And if, you know, the, the issue comes down to we have been so indoctrinated mm-hmm. over such a long time that the government is the one that tells us if we're married or not. Mm-hmm. Because it's become this paperwork exchange with your local selectmen. That is, does, is that how God sees it? I mean, to get into faith here for a second, if we're going to talk about that. Is that how God sees it? Does God say, okay, you know what? I bless that marriage right there, even though I don't agree with it, because this lo- local selectman has signed off. I mean, God, God is not influenced by whether the government recognizes your marriage or not. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. He's got his own standards, and he's keeping those standards, whatever they are, he's keeping them, regardless of whether a local government approves of the marriage or not. And so, really, it, in, the, in the larger scope, scope of things, it really means nothing to me uh, what, what my government says about my marriage. I don't care. And I, I've told this to uh, friends of mine who are gay, and I say, look... You are going to be completely underwhelmed by the magical feeling you have when the government says you're married. Because it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anything for you. You don't think about it ever. It's nothing that... I mean, the only thing that they do is there are tax benefits and tax penalties. And so you're going to have to deal with the tax system in a slightly different way. Meaning you're going to have to give an accountant money to figure it out for you. That is not a blessing from the government. It's a hassle. It is not something to, I mean, I do not aspire to it. I aspire to get the government out of my heterosexual marriage. I hope at some point we can achieve that. That is my Martin Luther King moment for the day. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Get out. Uh, you know, <laughs> right now. I usually say that to Jeffy, but today I'm saying it to the guy. it felt nice to hear from somebody else. <laughs> right now, our friends at My Patriot Supply have uh, really good food, and it's prepared uh, in a, it's prepared for you already so that you just, you know, I think you add water to it yeah. and it just it becomes this deliciousness mm-hmm. rather than, OK, I've got wheat in a bucket and I've got <laughs> I got beans and I can do maybe I can grind the wheat into flour and over a campfire or stove or something, an outdoor stove, I can mm. maybe make some bread. Try yeah, that. Go ahead. Give it a whirl. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, Good luck with that. Uh, I'd rather have food that's actually ready uh, and delicious yeah. already. And uh, two weeks of it is only 50 bucks at my Patriot Supply. So now you're getting good. food that's made from the highest quality ingredients. And, you know, if you've tried, if you're in this world of, and you've been uh, someone who, like Pat, has for a long time been in this world where you're preparing uh, with food storage and such, you may have gone to some of these other places uh, that have uh, that claim to have food that tastes good. Um, mm, not, so yeah, not so much. Not always. Uh, yeah. Here at my Patriot Supply, the food actually tastes good. Yeah. Uh, it's food that you'd want to eat in, if you had to, um, and uh, that's really uh, why not have that. Again, yeah. we can eat cockroaches, but why would you? They go to great lengths. We talk to them all the time about new products and development. 
and they develop this stuff for years until they get it right. Oh yeah, right? like yeah they're constantly like, "Hey, we're going to do, uh, we're going to do some, we want to do some commercials for X, Y, or Z product." Um, uh, now, should be ready in a year and a half. Yeah, <laughs> like their coffee formula, they worked on for a long time, uh, and you're betting a and, lot. He's thinking this show is going to be on the air in a year and a half. Yeah, I mean, geez, right. So Ooh, right. <laughs> I mean, we got <laughs> Jeffy on it. And now they got to limit you. This is the Jeffy rule to two per caller while supplies last. So give them a call today. Triple eight eight nine three ninety one forty for you. It is really. Or you can order online at preparewiththeblaze.com. Okay, Jeffy, you called them and you ordered 12, okay? And then you called back an hour later and ordered 12 more. Oh, they then all of a sudden that's a bad thing. Yeah, well, I mean, no one else can order any. Yeah. Online, preparewiththeblaze.com, 888-893-9140. It's my Patriot Supply. I'm sorry, Jeffy, they're not going to let you keep what are you gonna do? all of it. You've got to have some kind of rule. The founder of this company 10 years ago was trying to sell his house. And went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this uh, this company, he's you know he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, "If this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this?" So he started a company, and it went into business. I think three years ago. Their deal is their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents I trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Two triple eight seven two seven back. Uh, there was some controversy on the radio program today about whether or not this is just a common kind of slip of the tongue. He misspoke. No. On nine eleven, no one has ever misspoke like this. I don't think. No. <laughs> I like that we just made it this like hard and fast rule that no one in the no annals of all human history had ever made this mistake. If uh, you lived through nine eleven, if you were alive. When it's so ingrained in, in your you? heart. There's mm. no way you call it 7-Eleven. Just there's no. I, way you do I it. firmly, wholeheartedly believe that. I you ascribe to that theory. I mean, we I screw mean, up I, things all the time. I will now. I, mean, I screw up do things it. all the time. There's just not for real. <laughs> no, only because now it's in my head because mm. he said it. Uh, but no, I don't think I've ever heard anyone do it. Right now, now remember, this is not just anyone. This is a guy who is using 9-11 mm-hmm. uh, to uh, defend himself over the New York values comment. He's a guy who said hundreds of his friends were, were killed uh, in, in the 7-11 attacks. Um, <laughs> this is a guy who has been... <laughs> now, you might have think, well, maybe he thought it was in June, July. Uh, maybe it was maybe confused oh, it with even the. Worse. I mean, that's honestly the only thing that makes it mildly okay is if you just think it just he you know had a brain fart like yeah. straight out just said seven eleven and meant nine eleven because if you think it's Ju- July eleventh you're really screwed up. I mean that's way worse. Yeah. Well, somebody could say well he confused it with the British th- that was seven seven mm-hmm. not seven eleven. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know I don't know what you make of this. You watch and you you be the judge. Here it is. I think what I want to do is I want to talk just for a second. I wrote this out, and it's very close to my heart because I was down there. 
And I watch our police and our firemen down in 7-Eleven, down at the World Trade Center, right after it came down. And I saw the greatest people wow. I've ever seen in action. Is I it mean, possible he just meant that he really likes the convenience store? Um, you know, you see people in action. You ever, ever see these guys, uh, like, twist out? They, you know, they got the twisty grill where, like, the, yeah. ham the, mm -hmm. the hamburger hot dog-shaped hamburger things that you roll around. They got to switch those things in and out. Uh, you know, you've got uh, the... You might really like the smock. The taquitos. They wear. Uh, they have there, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's possible. Well, they have the Big Bite, which is a very large hot dog. And have you ever I had know the... you don't... Probably no. appreciate it. I actually like the big bite. They've been around for a long time, long enough, by the way, Pat. That back in the day, and I've been—I haven't eaten. I don't. As you, if you don't know, I'm a vegetarian, but I haven't eaten meat in eleven years now. I mean, mm -hmm. it's been a long freaking time. But I do remember it's trying the cheeseburger hot dog thing they had. Mm. So it was like a—it's a—it's a cheeseburger, but it's in the shape of a hot dog. So Seven Eleven at Seven Eleven. Uh, you remember this, Jeffy? I don't know if they still have it. It's been that long, but you took better vegetarian because, I mean, we've sampled a lot of different meat products together. <laughs> Back in the day, I mean, when, when we were on locally in, in Tampa, and local radio is much better for food than national radio is. National radio, you don't, I mean, you know, you just don't get the, you don't get the freebies you get in local radio. Local radio, like the, the local, I mean, I can remember West Shore Pizza. In particular, as an example, as an example of many, uh, but West Shore Pizza was great, and it was a great place in Tampa. I think it's still there, right? I mean, and they still have, a, is, they have yeah. a lot of locations down there, um, and they would just cook stuff up like custom of whatever we were talking about and bring it down <laughs> to the studio. We like at one point we started talking mm. about for some reason a deep fried cheesesteak. So picture a Philly cheesesteak and then battered and f deep fried. Right. Somehow mm -hmm. they made it they and brought them. it over to the studios. It was one of the most indulgent like i it was like you almost your heart you could feel it slowing now, down Pat, this as is you going to surprise you but whenever they did that we we never said no wow i'm i am sorry. i know i was like Take okay it fine i'm taking you know, bring it, it in mm -hmm. bring it in sit it down we'll we'll eat it we'll eat fine but so as as current meat eaters how do you feel about the hot dog shaped cheeseburger i'm good with it you would try it i'll eat it oh Gosh, yes. you need it too. Oh, like I, I remember it not being the best product. Well, really, say. yeah. I will say though, I do. Seven uh, Eleven's food has stepped up over the years. It has. Um, uh, their pizza is not terrible, and it's like five dollars uh -huh. for a large. Five dollars for a large pizza. It's, Wait, I think it's what? five fifty-five. Wow. Um, and they have slices in the thing. So and like the I'm breakfast sandwiches in the croissant that are freshly made that morning, they're yeah. actually pretty darn good. Yeah, and they have a whole new line. I mean, really good. Gotcha. It's right across the street, too. Yeah. I mean, we gotcha. could we gotcha. honestly have some. But, you know, I'm is glad this, to is see. Is this off topic? The, I mean, there's a 7-Eleven No, it's because right it's all, it, it explains, I think, why Trump is so, you know, so warm towards 7-Eleven, that he would write something down as a tribute to 7-Eleven. <laughs> And then talk about it in that way. Yeah, he uh, obviously does mean that much. He, and he obviously it. loves it as much as we do. And then he went on to explain <laughs> New York values with 7-Eleven. I mean, it's so pathetic. I mean, the guy talks about how deeply uh, felt the convictions are about New York values for 9-11. And then he calls it 7-Eleven. <sighs> but for his supporters, it doesn't matter. And you know that. 888-727-BACK. More Pat and Stu coming up. Just doesn't matter. Whatever. Yeah, but Trump.
727 back. Hey, it's Pat and Stu. You're about to learn something from uh, Charlie Rangel. Uh, this is good stuff. Charlie Rangel tells you who is part of the Republican Party. And you may not have known this, uh, but uh, you're about to learn it. Look, black folks have been looking for justice in this country. We got Obama. Are we satisfied? Heck no. And if there's someone out there screaming, we should have another black president, I'm not saying don't scream. All I'm saying that realistically, we have to realize things have to be done. Even in the great state of New York, we got the $15 minimum wage. But upstate, they don't get it, right? They get 12. Is that something to knock the, uh, Governor Cuomo's political courage in doing it? I think not. We're seeing the end of the Republican Party as we know it. A party that has the Ku Klux Klan's, has the Tea Party, hey, the right. Freedom Party. And this used to be the party of Lincoln. And we've seen it fall apart. That's myself. Uh, did he borrow Louis Armstrong's deceased vocal cords? He did. Or is that what happened? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, the the GOP has the Ku Klux Klan in within its confines since. I heard that. You know, it, it's interesting because um, most of, of the KKK were Democrats. They were. Virtually all of them were Democrats. And in fact, Robert Byrd was a regional head of his West Virginia Ku Klux Klan. And he was a Republican, Robert Byrd. No, he was, he was a Democrat. He was oh. a lifelong, hardcore Democrat. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, I, to, the, uh, to the defense of uh, George Charles... George Wallace was a Democrat. Uh, yes, he was. Um, uh, but to the defense of Charles Rangel, of course, the frontrunner of the uh, election did fail to denounce uh, on television the KKK and yeah. the Duke. Um, now, eventually yeah, he did come he around to that. not the Republican but, uh, Party. I mean, no, I, he's not, I, I don't it's... have any affinity for the Republican Party at this point. But to say it's the party of the Ku Klux Klan is pathetic. The Freedom Party, I, I guess that's the, in the, uh, the Freedom Caucus he's talking about, not the Freedom Party. There's a Freedom Caucus within Congress. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm proud of those guys. Um, yeah. Is he apparently... Proud of, I mean, the, the Repu again, here you got another guy who's saying the Republican Party is on its last leg, it's over as we know it, when they've got a socialist, a dyed-in-the-wool Marxist as one of the top two candidates in their party, nipping at the heels of a lifelong, hardcore Democrat her entire life, and he has the guts to cast aspersions at the Republicans. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's both. just pathetic. Well, let's be honest about it. Both situations are disastrous. I mean, I honestly think if I had to pick one of the situations that made more sense, I would say the Democrats make more sense. The Democrats have mm. a standard Democrat with a further left-wing, they're a left-wing party, a further left-wing option who is challenging but behind. In the Republican side of the field, you have a person who is a lifelong Democrat, a person who is an obvious progressive, a person to the left of not only the party, but of most independents, uh, running and leading the guy who actually is conservative. That's a tough call. I don't know. The, Repu the Democrats have gone. Uh, they've, they've all gone socialist. I know, but that's what I mean. They, oh, that's who they are. 
For some 60% of them now to be not, okay with socialism is mind-numbing. Both Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders represent the values of that party. Yeah. I mean, they both do. Hillary Clinton doesn't admit she's a socialist, but she clearly is. They're both socialists. One of them admits it, one of them doesn't. In, on the Republican side, there are two people that completely disagree with each other. Um, and one of them is nowhere near the principles of the party. And one of them, if anything, is... Uh, a conservative, like a, a constitutional conservative version of it. Like, so in the split for a long time in the Republican Party, or you've got John Boehner, Mitch McConnell, John McCain establishment uh, types versus real conservatives. Uh, and, you know, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, that type of thing. Um, now you have Ted Cruz versus a guy who. I mean, Mitch McConnell looks like Ted Cruz next to Donald Trump. He's way more conservative than Donald Trump is. It's not mm -hmm. even remotely close. There were zero options in the Republican field that were as progressive as Donald Trump is. Zero. Jim Gilmore included. I'm sorry, what? I'm comment sorry, what? from his spokesman? Uh, did you want to comment? I, mean, I just mentioned your guy, and I wanted to make sure that was, I know. Well, we led equal time. Is I'm saying Jim Gilmore, a much better option than Donald Trump. Uh, clearly, there's no question about that. I believe that uh, had uh, his campaign uh, assessed uh, what was actually going on prior to him uh, postponing his campaign, uh, he would have stayed in, and he'd be the front runner right now. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. He's still on there. All right. Uh, so, uh, I doubt about that. And, yeah. and I'm sick of the income inequality stuff, too. I'm sick of it. I'm, I, I can't take it anymore. It's such a well, stupid there is, argument. There is income inequality. There, there really is. Uh, Pardon so me? So you can be as sick of it as you want, uh, but that doesn't change the fact, okay, that the uh, those who earn big, fat salaries, okay, the fat cats in this country, the six-figure fat cats, so mm. you're making 100000 plus. Oh, wow. Do you know those people, and they represent 16% of the population? They're only paying eighty percent of the taxes. <laughs> That's it. They're not paying the full burden. <laughs> I don't know. How. That's a fair share be that. What? Them paying their fair share, and you're okay with it, and and they're just not. They're not paying all of it. Sixteen percent of these fat cats, these people who make six figures plus, sometimes seven or eight figures. Whoa. Sometimes they go nine. Or ten. Uh, the figures go that high? No, they. But they. They are making. They are. They are making a lot of money, right? Uh, over a hundred thousand a year. So these sixteen percent. <laughs> somehow they're okay. I guess they can sleep at night by only paying eighty percent of the burden. I uh, didn't. I think we did a. Uh... I don't know how they do it. A situation in one of the wonderful worlds, too. We used to do these, and we do them sometimes, man-on-the-street segments where we'll go and ask questions like this. Like, mm -hmm. what, what, what are the top 10%? We, should, we should find that maybe yeah. for tomorrow or something. I think a lot of them were like 1%. Yeah, yeah they all thought that the, the richest people you know, pay 1% or 0% of the taxes. We should find that. And they pay 80 yeah. 90%. Um, Seventy nine point five is the actual yeah figure. for, for a hundred thousand or more, which yeah. is the first time I've ever seen it broken down like this. This yeah, is an interesting too. number. Sixteen percent of the total of salary, and they pay eighty percent of the taxes. Again, I don't know what the number is, and you can never get that 
uh, locked down from a Democrat. They'll never tell you, well, what is the appropriate percentage of all taxes they should pay? Should it be 100%, 5,000%? What, what's the percent you're looking mm -hmm. for here? They're at 80 already. You want 90? I think they want all the tax burden paid by the uh, top 1%. And then on top of that, you take 90% uh, of your salary and just give it to other people. And if you do that... Then, uh, then they'll be okay. Then it's that's your fair share. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would not doubt it. But that's an interesting uh, breakdown. Um, Congressional bu Budget Office data also show the average federal income tax rate for the top fifth of households is 14%, but the middle fifth is only 2%. Yeah. So so much for, uh, I've got the richest people paying less than the people at the very bottom of the scale. It just doesn't happen. Because the same breaks that the middle class get or the upper class get are available to those at the very bottom. And in fact, more are available to them. And, and you don't even start paying until you get to like 40 grand a year, 30 or 40 grand a year, whatever it is. You, you pay nothing under that. Mm. No federal income tax. So uh, I, I don't know what it takes to be fair. Did I really you get don't your, know uh, what it takes. taxes filed yet? I've got the extension filed. So did I. Jeffy? Mm -hmm. Did you uh, file your taxes yet? Did you file your... Turn on your microphone there, perhaps. Your, your microphone, microphone doesn't work. Hello? So you can't comment because your microphone doesn't... <laughs> hmm. Just scream it over and we'll hear you. Yeah, we'll hear you. What were you asking about? Yeah, taxes. Your taxes. your taxes filed yet? Oh, Oh, man, this thing does not work. Yeah, we, okay. we know that. We, we've established that. This is a strange technical difficulty. Really we'll have weird. to get back to Jeffy. 888-727-BECK yeah. is the phone number. If you just More scream it from too. there. Inevitable. Go ahead and just tell us. Mike isn't working. Yeah, no, no, we, we know can that all hear part. that. But that, what I'm saying is if you scream your answer about your taxes, we might be able to hear it. Mike's not working. See what he did. I do. Photographs uh, are lifting the veil on the public transport system in the capital of the secret dictatorship of North Korea, the Pyongyang Metro. As you know, I'm a big uh, uh, North Korea fan uh, because of the Hotel of Doom, uh, my favorite building <coughs> in the world, uh, which is a really awful hotel, uh, which it looks like a giant pyramid in the middle of a city that has no other buildings like above 10 stories. Uh, <laughs> they built it. Uh, and they wanted to prove, right? They wanted to prove they were thriving. So they built right. this massive 100-story-plus building. Yep. And it made it out of concrete, as uh, commies like to do. Mm -hmm. And nobody ever they never could. They, they didn't have the money to finish it. Right. Uh, so it's a kind, of, kind of an eyesore. But here's some of the pictures, if we could, out of the uh, North Korea system. Look at this. Now, that looks high. Pyongyang Metro. That's unbelievable. This is the typical card here. Car here. This is uh, you gotta love the uh, the you know dear leaders uh, shown above. Yeah. Uh, again, another. God, these people are so indoctrinated. You're telling me Donald Trump wouldn't do this if he could? Oh, <laughs> oh <my God>. please! <laughs> In a heartbeat. I mean, there be murals of him oh, everywhere. 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 Look at this. I mean, why is that necessary with all these guys? They all do it too. Yeah. Stalin did it. Lenin did it. Mao did it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Turkmenbashi. Un Turkmenbashi did it. <laughs> he did. It's a nice, nice. Uh, it's clean, right? This is something that led. Uh, was it Kerry who was praising how clean the Chinese uh, system was? Was it Kerry or the North Koreans are a clean people? Look at how clean the floor. You can eat your dinner off of the floor. <laughs> the subway system. Is it Biden? It was one of them. You're right. It was I think maybe it was Biden. Yeah, you're right. All right, here, here's another one. Look at that. There's no rats. <laughs> now, by the way, these pictures are the sort of thing that get you in prison for 15 years right. if they know that you take them. Uh, so somewhat ill-advised photography. Now, he actually Although, was allowed I will to take say this. It, it actually looks nice, so I don't know why they would be so, yeah, upset I guess by that. He was allowed to take them, it's which nice is why looking. Was, This yeah, is probably one of the... Shots. Yeah, this is, they, let, they let him here. One it's, of the few places nice, where it looks good. Uh, what else we got? Any more? Nice All the people green. that you see walking around in that building have now been killed. Yeah. <laughs> Why? But because right. they were walking around the building. All right. There's a guy one. just contemplating a mural on the wall. No, he's contemplating, <laughs> I am going to jump in front of this thing. Front of this <laughs> <Yes>. train. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, right. That's an interesting part of uh, North Korea uh, where they have lights. Yeah. Uh, it's rare. <laughs> yeah, and it was right? in the subway system, which is why you don't see it from space. That's true. Well, Pyongyang is the, one of the so. few places in the entire country that actually has lighting. Electric lighting. Just incredible. Uh, complete disaster there, obviously. Um, so uh, we uh, coming up, we're going to have, we get a little bit on uh, climate change. Uh, that's coming up. Also, an interesting post from a guy who's uh, been, I remember I talked about this a couple weeks ago, Pat, uh, on the radio show. Um, some of the automated Twitter fans of Donald Trump that are t constantly tweeting the same things at the same time mm. were caught by this guy, mm -hmm. Patrick Ruffini. He has now uncovered another post uh, about what some of the Trump supporters are going to do to try to win the election. Um, the headline really? wanted teams to stop Colorado Wyoming delegates from attending Cleveland Convention in July. <laughs> and how are they going to do that? Um, we, have, we have a minute here. We are urging <laughs> groups in both states to organize and mobilize against this complete blatant corruption by making a stand. The delegates chosen in these states without any elections must, now, must not be allowed to vote. Um, step one. Create a database of all delegates in both states, including name, address, telephone number, and photo. To stop them, we need to know who they are. On uh, step two, listen to this. Build a team of aggressive pro-Trump groups, including bikers, truckers, unions, sport groups, and do not let these people make it to Cleveland in July in all capital letters. Is number three snipers? <laughs> no, but listen. <laughs> Station snipers <laughs> along the route to Cleveland. It's almost, I mean. <laughs> I mean, that's bad. Listen to this. Be creative. Wow. Right? Find any legal means to see that they do not even make it to the airport. Block streets with traffic jams. Again, that's not a legal mean at all. No. Um, find out their flights and hotels and figure out ways to cancel their tickets and reservations. Again, not legal who at is all. Who is this from? Uh, a guy who runs a Trump-supporting group, I guess. Wow. Um, if you do not want this election to be stolen from us, you and your teams must take extremely aggressive actions. Uh, please leave prevention uh, ideas below in the comments. But, I mean, none of those, th those the two suggestions aren't legal at all. Holy cow. Also, IEDs are a very effective way to stop people from making it to the airport.
Welcome to the program. Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven Beck is the phone number. Uh, let's talk a little climate change. Right now, uh, as you know, the Earth is heating. It's heating to temperatures never before seen. It's catastrophic, Stu. Yes. Uh, what I don't like your attitude so far. It's catastrophic. I was just saying it was heated to a place that we never before seen. We're dying! Okay? The planet on which we reside is dying! I know, that's what I was trying to... That's why I don't appreciate your cavalier attitude. Look at my attitude. I'm, I'm screaming in utter pain. Not right now you're not. That was an old photo <laughs> from when you well, understood. Every photo technically is old. I mean, I... Don't get it. I mean, Jeffy and I were just talking about the deforestation <laughs> earlier this morning. Jeffy's not even concerned in this photo. Don't get I'm concerned about. Yes, I am. Yo, you can't. <laughs> you're poorly reading his expression there. Look. He's frightened out of his mind. He's just like looking on in utter disdain. It's, uh, he just like looks disappointed at us. Actually, it looks like the Alex Jones photo. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, it does. He, my hand up there. He's looking yeah. on like we're eating golden babies or something. Uh, so you are saying that I'm underselling the dangers. Of I, that's what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. Well, you're so. really not going to be and happy. It's pissing me off. Pissing me off. <laughs> Because wow, okay. I mean, I... planet is literally on fire right now. There's catastrophic flooding. I mean, there's. Uh, I was just reading about ten cities that are in grave, grave danger about sea level rise. Oh, really? I was just reading about that yesterday. Um, well, Bill Nye was tweeting a bunch of photos uh, from his TV this morning. About and what is he? He saw water. He's a science guy. <laughs> okay. Now what? So he's Bill a Nye, science the science guy. guy. Scientist or no? He's a, no. He's a science uh, guy. Atmospheric scientist? No. From MIT? Do you call him correctly? No, but he is an engineer. So he's a world-renowned climatologist. TV person, science guy. Mm. Yeah. Yes, mm. he is. Thank you. Well, so. Bill Nye's science guy credentials aside for a moment, <laughs> um, we have a video from uh, Prager University featuring okay. Richard Lindzen, who is a climatologist and atmospheric scientist. Oh, uh, at MIT. Can't wait to hear his lies. Uh, let's watch. All right. There are basically three groups of people dealing with this issue. Uh -huh. Groups one and two are scientists. Group three consists mostly at its core of politicians, environmentalists, and media. Group one is associated with the scientific part of the United Nations International Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC Working Group One. These are scientists who mostly believe that recent climate change is primarily due to man's burning of fossil fuels, oil, coal, and natural gas. This releases CO2, carbon dioxide, into the atmosphere, and they believe this might eventually dangerously heat the planet. Group two is made up of scientists who don't see this as an especially serious problem. It's the group I belong to. We're usually referred to as skeptics. We note that there are many reasons why the climate changes, the sun, clouds, oceans, the orbital variations of the Earth, as well as a myriad of other inputs. None of these is fully understood, and there is no evidence that CO2 emissions are the dominant factor. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. Yes. Now, that's like the that first so two far. groups. Okay. Um, of course, there's also a third group. What interesting uh, he goes into here, and uh, the, the point to kind of focus on, I think, is that neither of the first two groups are the group that are the the Al Gore's. 
You know, neither of them are saying the same things as Al Gore, as you hear in the news all the time. Um, and he goes into the details here. Watch. There is much agreement between both groups of scientists. The following are such points of agreement. One, the climate is always changing. Two, CO2 is a greenhouse gas without which life on Earth is not possible, but adding it to the atmosphere should lead to some warming. Three, atmospheric levels of CO2 have been increasing since the end of the Little Ice Age in the 19th century. Four, over this period, past two centuries, the global mean temperature has increased slightly and erratically by about 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit or 1 degree Celsius. But only since the 1960s have man's greenhouse emissions been sufficient to play a role. Five, given the complexity of climate, no confident prediction about future global mean temperature or its impact can be made. The IPCC acknowledged in its own 2007 report that, quote, the long-term prediction of future climate states is not possible, end quote. Most importantly, the scenario that the burning of fossil fuels leads to catastrophe isn't part of what either group asserts. So why are so many people worried, indeed panic-stricken, about this issue? Mm. And the answer is? It's going to be group three. And we'll Survey said? We'll tell you here in just a second about the details of that. A couple things I want to point out from that. First of all, the quote from the UN, which I don't, I don't think I've ever That's, seen. I've never seen that. Says they cannot pr the prediction of future mm. climate is not possible. Pretty much as, pretty much as harsh, harshly as you can say it, right? I mean, I mean how many times have we said that? How many times have we said, look, they can't predict what's going to happen this afternoon. <laughs> right. How yeah. do they tell us a hundred years down the road what's going to happen? It's impossible. This is the quote again. The long-term prediction wow. of future climate states is not possible. That's from the IPCC. Yeah, amazing. Um, wow. And so that's, that's, that's an amazing. important part. The other part I want to point out, and this is something that wow. gets glossed over a lot by um, everybody who talks about this topic. And how reasonable is this, by the way? Oh, yeah. Before we move past the first sure. two, how reasonably laid out is that? Would yeah. anybody say this guy's a total nut job? No. This guy's a climate denier. This guy should be in jail for for dismissing a problem completely out of hand. That is as reasonable as you can get. Yeah. Uh, and I want to point you to number two in his list, which at the end said uh, that that there is some there can be some impact if you add enough CO2 to into the atmosphere. We should see some impact. And what's he, interesting about that is it's the same thing we saw with, um, <clears throat> I can't remember what show it was, it was CNN, uh, where uh, Dr. Roy Spencer was on. And he was saying, well, if you phrase the, the, way, the thing the way that Al Gore phrases it, I'm in the 97%. Yeah. As he's a skeptical scientist as well. And Richard Lindzen would also be in the 97%, saying that there's some impact. The, the, just, so they try to say, well, everybody agrees with us that there's an impact. Well, that doesn't mean anything. That's not what the debate is about, whether there's any impact. And a lot of times, you know, uh, people, you know, talk radio hosts and people who are talking about this uh, skeptically online will summarize it and say, yeah, it's a hoax. And it's like, well, there are parts of it that I think are straight out hoaxes, uh, you know, not a hoax, but utilized information utilized uh, for ways that it's not supposed to be utilized. Um, but 
the basic underlying thing that all things being equal, adding CO2 to an atmosphere would theoretically warm is something that skeptical science, scientists also agree with. The issue is whether it's going to be catastrophic, whether we're going to be able to do anything about it, whether yeah. it's worth spending trillions but, of dollars on, whether other factors have a much larger percentage, what is the, uh, the impact? Will they feed back on top of each other? These things are the issues that are really dividing the scientists. And when you say, oh, well, it's just... CO2 will have any impact, you're drawing in people that they call deniers all the time. And the really important point here is even Al Gore mm -hmm. admits that they don't know whether CO2 drives the temperature up, as they claim hysterically all the time, mm -hmm. or, or does CO2 go up when the temperature goes up? They don't even know that. In other words, because it happens both ways. Temperature drives CO2. Right. Yeah, Does the temperature ways. push the levels of CO2 up? And the answer to that is yes, sometimes it does. Yes. So how is it catastrophic? How is that a problem? How is that something we can even have a control over? It isn't. I mean, it's it's craziness. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, uh, the only thing I would have liked to see, liked to have seen in this presentation is in his 1.8 degree Fahrenheit rise since the 1800s till now. Uh, how much is that from 1960 on when he says the CO2 level has been high enough to contribute? So how much of that happened prior to 1960 and how much after? That would be really interesting to yeah. see the breakdown on that. Uh, that's a, I can pull that up, actually. And he's talking global mean temperatures. A lot of times you'll hear average global temperatures, which you know, the numbers are typically similar. Mean is actually a little bit... A little higher. I think it's 0.9 degrees. And did he say global mean? Mean, yeah. Yeah. So let's okay. watch the watch the last third of this, and I'll see if I can dig up that answer right. for you real quick. Here's where Group Three comes in: the politicians, environmentalists, and media. Global warming alarmism provides them more than any other issue with the things they most want. For politicians, it's money and power. For environmentalists, it's money for their organizations and confirmation of their near-religious devotion to the idea that man is a destructive force acting upon nature. And for the media, it's ideology, money, and headlines. Doomsday scenarios sell. Meanwhile, over the last decade, scientists outside of climate physics have jumped on the bandwagon, publishing papers blaming global warming for everything from acne to the Syrian civil war. And crony capitalists have eagerly grabbed for the subsidies that governments have so lavishly provided. Unfortunately, Group 3 is winning the argument because they have drowned out the serious debate that should be going on. But while politicians, environmentalists, and media types can waste a lot of money and scare a lot of people, they won't be able to bury the truth. The climate will have the final word on that. Mm. It looks like about 60% uh, of the warming since 1960, about 40% of it before that. Okay. So again, if it mm. was all about CO2, why did 40% of the warming come before 1960? <laughs> right. It makes kind of right. no sense. And uh, how did we get out of the uh, mini ice age in the first place? How'd that happen? Uh, SUVs. Uh, uh, no, yep. they weren't. Uh, the, the initial venting. SUVs had yeah. rock tires. Uh, they looked a lot like Flintstones cars, uh, but they uh, did spew emissions and they took really? us out of the I first uh, little ice age. Aware. 
Not aware of that at all. Well, of course not, because you're a science denier. Right. You're in that uh, group two. I'm about to study a little bit. Yeah, I know. He's. A good, I mean, uh, you know, the guy again. This guy's, you know, was teaching atmospheric science, uh, science at MIT for multiple decades. This is not just some guy. Well, the guy's brilliant. Yeah. He's, he's, he and he's a climatologist. Yep. Right. He's 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 got a degree in this, and a lot of the people that are screaming about it have no degree in this. They're not climate scientists. Well, Bill Nye does. Bill Nye is a climatologist no, he, by trade. No, and no, he's not. No, he, no. He's a, As I said, he's a science guy. He's a science <laughs> entertainer guy. Yeah. That's what he is. Uh, he's a TV presenter, they would call him in Britain. Yeah. They, the TV presenter. <laughs> I like that. I like that. The TV <laughs> presenter. That's essentially what he is. That's what he is. Um, and it's, it's a, you know, it's a, a good way of... And of a gangly buffoon. Laying that out in a very measured tone. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of giving really you the good. explanation uh, really good. of what this, the real debate is. And again, Dennis Prager does some great stuff, and, and this yeah. is a good indication of that. That was really good. It was. I it was. It. Uh, yeah. And again, this guy has been around for a long time, and he's known as a bit of a contrarian, but that's okay. <clears throat> you know, it's okay to have contrarians. Uh, and, and I don't think he's a contrarian out of spite. I want to disagree with everybody on everything. But he is a guy who has taken the other Are side you, on global Linsen? warming. Linsen, and he's yeah. been, you know, uh, derided for it. Uh, but, I mean, oh, they'll call him a climate denier. Oh, yeah, they do. Even though he is clearly not. No, I mean, he's, he's even saying right there. there is impact of human, he, of yes. human beings and the CO2 He's willing emissions. to say, okay, yes, the temperature's gone up 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. And we almost never use that. We almost never use that number. We but use 0.9 Celsius. They usually use Celsius in these. In, yeah. Like the IPCC uses Celsius. 1.8. I mean, even if you use 1.8, that is not, it's not alarming in, uh, in 200 years. You're talking since 1800 till now, the temperature hasn't even increased two degrees. Now, even by their own admission, it's got to be, isn't it another two or three degrees they're trying to keep it under? It's another, yeah. they're trying to keep it under 2.2 degrees, I think, rise. And everything they've proposed so far does not do that. Oh, I've got a, um, you'll have a big monologue coming up on Wonderful World of Steel in the next few weeks. So we've already recorded it. It's being put together now. Why aren't we playing it right now? Uh, it's not done. Uh, but you will like it a lot if you like that sort of talk because I it go, goes into the Paris Agreement and what the effects of that would be. And uh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it, it does nothing. It does These nothing. guys want to take your money and do nothing. nothing with it. They want to spend $10 trillion to not fix the problem that they believe is catastrophic. And but a lot of their friends will get paid off through that yes. $10 trillion. And Al Gore uh, is going to make mm -hmm. probably 2 or $3 billion of that because mm -hmm. Al Gore has already made $1 billion of that. I mean, it's... Can you? How do you not see it? I, I, I don't know. There's so much money to be made in this fiasco. It is it is one of the great hoaxes in the history of the world. And you know, we, we're sitting here, and people say that you know we're against the the, the flow of things on this. Uh, maybe that we're resisting. But what are we resisting? Resisting the collectivization of manufacture? No, I'm uh, resisting. Resist right now, I think I'm resisting what? the institutionalization of the human psyche. I don't know. But I don't know. I'm don't not know. sure. Maybe I'm not sure. You know, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Uh, by the way, um, I, I will say one thing. I'll tell you one thing. It's a uh, symbol, symbol of reversibility. Of reversibility. The climate is here to stay. <laughs> it is true. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yahoo reports that, uh, of course, plants do love carbon dioxide. That's no, one that's thing not that true. It kills them. It does kills not. It actually helps dead. them grow. Helps it's like them grow. raid. It's raid. It's uh, CO2 is raid to a plant. It kills it's them. It's not. Uh, dead. Tons of scientific evidence, uh, including your uh, the first science class you ever took, taught you about photosynthesis. 
mm -hmm. uh, which makes plants grow faster. It needs CO2 to breathe. Plants breathe in CO2, they grow. No, it's a pollutant. It is not a pollutant. It's a, it's it a dangerous pollutant. It's not a pollutant. Uh, As deemed under any circumstances. by the Environmental Protection Agency. Although, wasn't that... Dangerous killing pollutant. Wasn't that partially turned over uh, by the Supreme Court? Uh, uh, was it? There was one of those rules. We'll I can't remember. That. Um, uh, it's why planting seeds um, and more trees helps to clean the air, after all. For a time, that, um, that love had some scientists convinced that the world's greenery could keep CO2 levels in the atmosphere in check. But research has now shown that, they, that not only plants are alone can't halt the rise of CO2, but that the increase will only make food crops less healthy for human consumption. According to one new study, higher, higher carbon dioxide levels could turn healthy fruits and veggies into junk food, which oh, I guess wow. would make them taste good. Wow. Uh, finally, we have some fruits so and veggies that we want to eat. Yeah, Let's root for another degree or two. Triple eight seven two seven back More patents still coming. Again, all right. Uh, we'll do, we've, uh, Jeffy, uh, we've added a new segment to the show, which is uh, <laughs> it's have? called yeah. Oh, you didn't know this? It's called patents to leave while Jeffy Heavy. finishes up the program. <laughs> yeah, uh, we thought it was just people are demanding it. Yeah, they're demanding um, it. By the way, um, first of all, my yes, my my clipboard is broken. Oh, uh, wow. as you see, um, actually, I broke one yesterday in like a hundred pieces. Why? And, um, just just visceral anger. Really? No. Um, oh. And then this one was already cracked. Uh, so this is, was our, like our backup. So now we only have two. Pat has the good one. I have the broken one until the new ones come in. So I, I, so I know it's a little distracting, but... And I don't have any. And Jeffy doesn't have any, because this was Jeffy's, I think. This is the because Jeffy we've one. already exceeded our budget yes. on the show by buying these. <laughs> well, so. I mean, getting the clipboard uh, is one thing, but to get... To get yellow clipboards and ones that are made out of plastic. Oh, you can't do it. You can't do it. That's above our budget. It has been. It was reported on, too. It was. It was reported Inquirer. on. Everyone keeps sending me that. Someone <laughs> tweeted and put together a Toronto Inquirer with, with my visceral outburst. <laughs> I was going like this to try to get someone's attention, and it just shattered. Oh, really? Yeah. You didn't remember that from a show? No. That's going, weird. Hey! Anyway, as I did that, it went... <laughs> It was already cracked, you know, unfortunately. No, so I, I was just trying it. Yeah, it you can do work. it. Trust me, you can do it. Yeah? All right. Pretty easily, apparently. <laughs> um, so there's that. Also, uh, can we get, because uh, Jeffy's going to do a few stories here that he's got for us. Uh, okay. He's been. It's Jeffy time. It's Jeffy time. But uh, can we go to okay. Trump's Instagram? Uh, if we could pull up Trump's Instagram maybe when he's done with these stories. There's a picture of Rex Ryan standing next oh to Donald gosh. Trump. And, of course, Rex Ryan is endorsing Donald Trump, as is a perfect fit. Honestly, Boy, no VP kidding. choice, Rex Ryan mm -hmm. is a perfect fit. Uh, people who don't know anything and are loud. So they, this is perfect. However, there's a good hand comparison between Rex oh. Ryan. You can really see the hands because they're right next to each other and see nice. does he have normal-sized hands or not. Okay. Uh, someone just tweeted this to me, and I think we should, we should do this. Uh, maybe pull it up here in just a minute. But first, uh, here's real? Jeffy. <laughs> is it a for real picture? No, it's a real, this is not a Photoshop <laughs> one, unlike some of the photos that we show on this program. Uh, Jeffy really? is here with his uh, news of the day. Jeffy? Thank you, Stu. That 
Actually, there's a couple Jeffy. stories that I thought we'd uh, that we haven't covered on the show that are yes. interesting, like the new sport that's going to be available. It's already coming out. It's already started uh, globally, and it'll be in the United States on ESPN uh, in August. The uh, drone racing. Oh, contest. really? It's going to be a big drone racing. I would actually watch that. I know. I'd check out drone racing. I know. The National Drone Racing Championships take place in New York in August, mm. and ESPN is going to broadcast those. No, uh, thank you. You say no thank you, but uh, the prize money that uh, the World Drone Pre event in Dubai drew was uh, $250,000 for the nice. Holy so, crap. You know what else that is amazing? And I think we mentioned this on the show before, but I, I saw it for the first time actually broadcast on one of the ESPN channels. It's like ESPN 14 or <laughs> right. 17 or something. Um, it was it, they were playing some dumb game. Uh, esports, yeah, yeah. yeah. The video they're, games, they're, yeah. they're playing, so, and it looked like an '80s game. It looked like a late '80s. Yeah, sometimes like sometimes they are. I, I mean, it was inconceivable to me that this was being broadcast on a sports channel. Are we gonna call video games a sport you betcha. now? I think so you I mean, betcha. I think they are. I mean, it's getting. I to that guess point. they are, and they had teams. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. think the Rutgers this year is looking pretty good with their. Uh, Mario Brothers uh, <laughs> team this year. They've got uh, three people back from last year's squad that took 14th. And uh, we think that uh, Rutgers will probably match up pretty well against Lehigh. Like, what? The, what? Bizarre, Are you serious? Yeah. Is this... I it's honestly like, thought... Was it like Worlds of Warcraft? Or, is it, yeah, it, it was one of those. Warcraft, yeah, it yeah. was one of those. I honestly thought it was a joke at first. I thought they were doing a parody. And it kept going on and on and on. I'm like, they're freaking serious. Well, I, to give you, a, first of all, the price prize uh, money it's for huge. in the seven digits. It's huge. Yeah, huge it's money. huge. Some of these guys make huge money off of it. Uh -huh. um, there's a uh, every year they do a national I mean, or world championship for World of Warcraft or whatever. One of these we were doing a segment on a while ago, um, and it was uh, in Japan. They'll sell out like. Basketball-sized yeah. arenas for fans, like twenty thousand people will show up. For yeah, these the finals. Japanese will. I mean, they fell for Godzilla for the love of heaven, you know. Well, I mean, fell they fell for Godzilla, and it scared the hell out of them. Boars, so stupid. They do they eat, eat radi radiated boars from <laughs> yeah. Fukushima. Okay, all right, okay. fine. But uh, I was listening to um, Sirius uh, uh, mm -hmm. XM. Actually, I have an XM um, in my car. Uh, and of course, uh, by the way, we are available. The Glenn Beck program uh, available on XM if you ever want to listen to it. Um, but I was listening to XM, and they're, you know they run be a promos. Great channel for this to be on too. As well uh, yes, as Ava we're available. But we're available. We're available. For Wait, we're not on. Uh, we are not on XM. We're on Blaze Radio. Uh, we are not on XM. Why? Are we, why do we not have our own channel? Even uh, that's my pitch for our own just... channel right now. Uh, do it. We, we need our do it, own XM. channel. Uh, uh, yes. Okay. We'll even oh talk gosh. trash about the other one. And like, if Sirius puts us on, we'll trash XM. Oh, yeah. If you, oh. Even though I know they're tied together in the same company. But there's got to <laughs> so, be an internal yes. strife of some sort. And conversely, uh, if XM puts us, we'll <laughs> trash Sirius. <laughs> we are total sellouts. Oh, uh, uh, but <laughs> I'm listening to uh, Sirius, and they have... Uh, I it was XM. I think it is XM. Yes, it's, it's XM, XM Sirius. No, Sirius it's Sirius XM. XM is the name of the company. But there are, the, the two services still exist independently. They do? Yeah. yeah. Like I didn't it, think you could do that anymore. Um, yeah. Um, mm, okay. Um, anyway, so they ran a promo, and they're always running promos for their other stations, and it's helped valuable. Like, they'll be, like you know, Kenny Chesney has a new station. Uh, now. Interesting. Cross um, way to do that. Kenny Chesney yeah. station. That's yeah. great. That's um, amazing that we don't. We don't, we don't Kenny have Chesney one. Chesney station. And the Fat and Stew program does not have one. Do you know how come many? On. How many albums Kenny Chesney has sold? Come on. I mean, I mean, come on now. Come on. Come on. Come on. I don't care how many albums Kenny Chesney has. 
If he has his uh, <laughs> channel, how come we don't? Seriously, think about this, XM Sirius or Sirius XM. Uh, we are on a radio, a terrestrial radio show, where we could promote our upcoming XM Sirius XM satellite show coming up later today on Sirius XM channel whatever for 10 million people. Think of the promotional value that would have. Right? Yeah, then aside the listeners we have on the Blaze Radio Network, let alone. Let alone. Uh, Kate says he's so, sold over 30 million albums. And? Your point. Pretty good. So? It's pretty good. Anyway, so he's got a new channel, and that was not the point of this at all. Uh, uh, they, and they, Billy Joel had a channel for a while when he Billy was doing his Joel. Thing. As big as Billy Joel is, I wouldn't put him on a channel of his own. I like the Billy Joel I, channel. I would actually I, probably listen to that. Oh, I did. And I did. Joel. Yeah. I love Were you nothing but Billy Joel? Or that is it is, like Frank, where they, the Frank Sinatra no. station that plays all kinds of Frank-like music? They have limited time-only channels. So, like, the, like the Billy Joel channel was on for mm. a few weeks. I, I don't know. He had something he was promoting, and they do, like, a... a joint thing where he comes on and it was, I love that stuff because but there's scant few artists I'm sorry go ahead I'm, I'm never going to get to the point <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. plus I have never a couple more stories in my segment that you're taking I'm away. trying I'm to get back okay. to this, this topic interesting I won't uh, no I just gotta go ahead that's your no, question I'm done okay so right. Billy Joel has his uh, channel was it a limited channel it, it was is a limited, limited time only channel and it is all Billy Joel music mm -hmm. uh, but then in between the Billy Joel uh, songs Billy Joel is describing like his uh, experience writing the song or doing something. Oh, about I like that. No, I like that because like it's that. like that, like a uh, unplugged yeah, like type of vibe. We're in talking in about. the actor studio, like they did. Bill yeah. was an actor studio show. Two hour one was great. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, he did one. There was one. Uh, what's the? Uh, I can't remember the name of the song, but he he admitted as he was talking about it that he got all the historical facts wrong in the song. Like the song. Oh, he was just it wrote, we didn't start the fire. No, it was um, the legend of Billy the Kid. Oh. And he goes through, and he's like, "Yeah, it didn't happen there. It ha it, like it didn't happen in this order. That's not why he went to prison. Like he went to like six different things. He got totally wrong in the song. It was actually really funny. It's funny. Anyway, another one of this. This is where I was going. Another one of the promos was they have a new show, and I don't think it's a whole channel, but it's a show on one of the sports networks that covers esports, video games. Oh yeah. So think about this. This is a talk show about video games." At a level of competition in which thousands Stop of people it. go to view it. Stop it. Now, it's one thing to watch video games being played. Uh, it's another thing to hear geez. talk about other people playing mm, video games. I can't even believe it. Kind of amazing. I can't even believe it. It's amazing. It I'm a way. fan of video games. Like, I, I, I love mean, them, I like I, video games, but uh, come on. The other thing that's interesting about this, too, Pat, um, is... Because I know you like video games, too. Mm -hmm. But for for a... A competition to get to the level where you're going to have 20,000 people uh, come together and play it, it has to have a lifespan. So what happens is right. they're all playing these old games that are so outdated. When you said it looked like an 80s game, it's because a lot of those games have been around for a while, but that's the only way you can get the audience together to make one of these huge leagues in a million-dollar tournaments. Because everybody has because to Because everyone has it. to play it. If the game came out last month, then there's not no enough people it. playing it yet mm -hmm. or good enough at it yet to have the tournaments. Yeah. Or, so... They all look, they're all like playing these old crappy games. I mean, again, I'm sure the people who play them do not think they're crappy. But I mean, I, you know, they're old games at least. So I don't know. I think that's uh, it's kind of interesting. And that's, see, look at this is This is why Jeffy gets his own segment. Right. Look how long. Look how long we've, we've, we've I know. I've got a couple more stories to tell you, too, but I'm still uh, stuck on Kenny Chesney. Yeah, the yeah. Kenny Chesney million, show. Come on I mean, now. I don't yes, care. Okay, okay, guess, but there's two artists, two, that have the kind of music catalog where you can have your own channel Elvis who I wouldn't listen to, and the Beatles. 
which I also probably wouldn't listen to. I don't know that I but agree with that. But there are two artists in the world. I mean, Bruce Springsteen has a channel on, on XM. Ah! And I never go to I'm surprised, Agonizing. I'm surprised the Stones don't. Agonizing. Come but on. But Kenny, Kenny Chesney, to be Rupert fair. Does Rupert Holmes have his own channel? He does not. The Rupert Holmes channel. You can hear Escape, the Pina Colada song, and him. Wow, you go his too deep on too, Rupert too Holmes. Deep, that's baby. impressive. Too deep on oh, Rupert Holmes. He is just that's just a limited time. Him, right. no, wait, him, no. him. What's she gonna what do, do about him? him? She's gonna Classic. have to do without him. He was uh, featured on Better Call Saul, by the way. Do uh, without me, wow, Rupert, Rupert Holmes. Holmes. Really? Was just on that channel. That's nice. Think of. Uh, but uh, Kenny Chesney's station is what I would call on XM like a, a lifestyle. Like it's like a it's not just Kenny Chesney's songs, but they're all in the Kenny Chesney vibe. Frank Sinatra, they're all in the Frank Sinatra okay. vibe. They're not all Frank Sinatra yeah, songs. Sense. Yeah, um, makes Now, sense. Frank Sinatra certainly has the catalog to carry a and whole... He, no he, yes, he, he could easily does. carry a whole station. He, he could. But and he, a lot of times... He, even uh, he doesn't. But even he doesn't do it. Yeah, there's very few of the stations. Like I think they usually just do the limited time only ones that apply for like one artist only. Yeah. There's a Pearl it, Jam it station, old. though, I think, yeah, too. And I don't know if they play all for Pearl all grunge, probably. Maybe, I don't know. I would, but there is I would guess. also Lithium, which does uh, all grunge, basically. Uh, huh. 90s alternative rock, I believe, is there. Yeah. I, I, like, I like XM quite a bit. I listen to it a lot. Yeah. I listen to it. I would listen to it more if this program were on it. Uh, yes, yeah, and too. by the way, we are available. Uh, <laughs> now, the payments, is gonna, we're going to have to negotiate that, but uh, we will only pay up to $10,000. I mean, we'll only pay. Yeah, don't worry. They're not going to pay us. The contracts they're signing? No, they're not going to. Come on. We're going to have to stew. <laughs> stew. Oh. All right. Triple eight seven two seven back. There's still more uh, topics from Jeffy that we actually miraculously found somewhat interesting. Well, what? Well, we actually talked about something completely different. Oh, that's true. We, we took that a story and just talked about something. Right. Right. Nobody. Never mind. Never mind. Nothing miraculous to see. Move along. Program triple eight seven twenty seven back is, a, is the number. So Jeffy, we've given Jeffy a segment today, uh, which is now stretched into the second. Right, because he said something, and then we thought about something else that was interesting. Mm. Um, so no, it was actually good. Your story was good. It was good. I mean, maybe oh, thank this is, you. Let me throw this out here. Thank maybe this you. is a recurring Ugh. thing. Maybe maybe Jeffy's just got... give him the second hour of the show, and we go. That's home. not where I was going. With we go this. home. Okay, I'm liking where think you're going. Think about going there. Mm, I'm thinking about it yeah, a lot think right about now. It. No, I'm thinking, like, seriously, Jeffy. That'd like, maybe we get set. some production made up for Jeffy's little segment about stuff that he thinks is and important now, and stuff. And topic from Jeffy. He's fat. Something like that. Yeah. And then, and then you mm -hmm. come out with, like, your couple of weird stories that you're pushing <laughs> for the day. Like, you make your, you make your pitch. It's Jeffrey, my Jeffrey, drone Jeffrey. racing story. From no, I liked your story. I, I liked thought it was, was fast. Yes, I, I liked your story. It was a story. I know. I have a couple other stories I was going to add so, that we, we haven't aired on this show yet that would add to what we talk about on this program. But you know what? What? Don't worry about it. <laughs> you don't have your little I'm fat jingle yet. You don't have any of that, so don't worry about it. <laughs> 
I'm saying you can't worry about it. Wait a minute. I, I like how Jeffy is. All of a sudden, you, now Mr. you're going to be sensitive? Mr. Tortured Victim over here, like Donald Trump. And, and the, like, you sound like Donald Trump with the delegates. We are saying this segment is going so well. That we've offered we you a second. Signing. Oh, is that it? Every day. Is that it? It's going so like, well. Maybe like mm-hmm. second hour, second segment, something like that. Maybe. Where like you come I don't out. want to commit to that, but maybe. <laughs> No, I'm saying once you know, a day. Maybe. You're saying but that you're I'm like, not, I don't want to commit to that, but maybe. <laughs> okay, you're right. Maybe we should do a longer right? test. Okay. Okay. All right, let's see your next story. See if maybe this is going to come. This is going to happen. Well, I was told that I can't do uh, movie stories now until we have a segment coming up with the. You can do whatever you want. Thing. Just yeah, do thank whatever you. it is. With last week, the end of last week, mm-hmm. AMC. Mm-hmm. The head guy, the new head guy, tried to, uh, he was in an interview, and he tried to uh, come out with his little, you know, we should, yeah, we think we're going to start allowing uh, texting and using phones in the movie theaters because of the millennials, oh my gosh, you tell them to shut their phones off, it's like cutting their arm off. I mean, it's like asking them to shut their, cut their arm off, yeah. so we're thinking about that. Social media went crazy. Probably people guy. tweeting mm-hmm. at the theaters about it. And mm-hmm. how crazy it was, and then, I mean, it was you know, right, not very long. The next day, he was like, "Yeah, we, look, I was it was just talking in an interview. I wasn't yeah, real. It's not going to happen. It's just an idea." But when you think about it, I mean, I, I you know they've talked about it for yeah, that absolutely very reason. They've talked. You about know it. they've talked about it because there are people who are so connected to their phones. Yes, they can't sit through a movie without it. They can't. And no. I, I was just in a theater uh, the other day. Oh, I watched Batman and Superman or whatever it was. And they had, you know, the thing right before the movie starts. They always have the the uh, theater promo that tells you to turn off your phone. Yeah, turn it off. And theirs is uh, these people come in with their phones, and and this announcer comes on and he says, "So you've got your little phone, and your little phone is more important. <laughs> with the little screen is way more important than the giant big screen you came here for." Right. And I mean, how can you not put down your phone when you came to the movie? To watch, and it's a good point, to watch this movie on a giant screen. I know. Or you could wait a few weeks and see it on your teeny tiny little screen and tweet people and text people. And you could watch your dumb little movie on a dumb little screen. <laughs> I'm addicted to my phone just as you know as much as anyone else. But when I, I that not. drives me crazy at concerts and everything. Now you see pictures of concerts and everybody's... Watching yeah, the concert like, through on, their man. phone. Live life the with your eyes. The concert is there. Yeah. yeah, live it with your eyes. Yeah, I mean, I will say that, you know, in a movie, it really affects the experience if you yes. watch people turn their, their phones on. Because it's dark in there. It's dark, right. And uh, then the yeah. light comes on, and you're um, like, okay, that's I mean, I guess you could have douche. a separate theater. Maybe you just make one theater oh, phone that theater? movie. Yeah. Oh, oh that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Phone-friendly theater. Yeah, phone-friendly. I mean, who would go I mean, I think you would find it would fail quickly. Right, I bet teenagers would go. Sure, well, they might. But I mean, it, you know, yeah, who you knows? Know. Um, so th- there's that. I mean, I, I think that that's a. Uh, it's it's a it's it's not surprising they would play with the idea, I but know. I mean, they're not going to do it. I love the troll though, just to throw it out there, and then everybody hates it. Oh, no, was this an interview? I was yeah. just talking. <laughs> it was just an interview. About it. Interview. Uh, by the way, while they were at the theater, maybe we could play this uh, Lego Batman uh, movie trailer. Maybe they were watching this. This is uh, now now la- the Lego movie came out. What was it, three, four years ago now? Mm, it's been a couple years just at least. A couple years, yeah. Were we, we in New, New York, York at the time, or well, we were just We were visiting New York, yeah. I think, okay. when we saw it. Yeah, um, I think so, so. it's fairly recent. But it was, I mean, for, as animated movies go, I liked it. And Glenn I, loved know, it. It wasn't Glenn bad. Loved it. Yeah, I yeah it was pretty I, good. I thought it was pretty good. Um, so this is, I guess, uh, they're going to probably spin this off to everything they can think Absolutely. of to make more and more money. 
Um, but this is, oh, I guess the Lego movie came out in 2014, so only two years ago. Uh, here is the uh, Lego Batman movie trailer. Watch. I should have known better than to sneak up on you like that. Were you looking at the old family pictures again? No, I wasn't. Sir, I've seen you go through similar phases in 2016 and 2012 and 2008 and 2005 and 1997 and 1995 and Oh, wow. I really am interested in 
See, this is why you don't give him a seven every day. Yeah. Because he's going to bring up James Cameron's story. That's why. Which I... No, it's interesting. You know, James Cameron's second biggest movie of all time still, by the way. Right. Which? Uh, Avatar. Oh, Avatar, yes. Just Star Wars is the new Star Wars. He's got many of the top movies. Uh, Titanic. Avatar, Titanic is number three, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, You got The Abyss, which is a great movie. (laughs) And is not in the top three. Goes way back, but that's not in the top anything. My wife loves that stuff. And uh, there's also Terminator, you know, and another all of that Those stuff. Are great stuff. Every time he does a movie, it's huge. Every, I don't think he's ever had a stiff, has he? Oh, I don't know about that one. You know, I can't stand the guy because he's politically a <laughs> douche, but he does amazing movies that people seem to love. That's why I'm looking forward to Avatar 4. Avatar 4, man. <laughs> I mean, 2 and 3, I really have, I'm kind of... Are you iffy uh, on this? Yeah, but it's four and four, five. Four and really, five. Let's wrap know. this thing up. All right, I'm going to hold out. I'm going to hold out until the book comes out. Triple eight seven two seven. Yeah, okay. more patents too coming up. Do you think you could do that? I'm going to try. Let's see if I can make it. Quick uh, election uh, thing here, real quick. And we'll get uh, Jim, sure, Jim, James to. Cameron as well. Uh, Cameron, by the way, here are the movies he, he actually directed, uh, adjusted for ticket price inflation. Terminator, $98 million. Uh, the Abyss, $119 million. Aliens, and he, so he did not do Alien. No. Just Aliens, $199 million, which is a big movie. Uh, True Alien Lies. Alien was Ridley Scott, wasn't it? Okay. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Uh, True Lies, adjusted for inflation, $304 million. True Lies is a great movie. Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which was, I mean, that was mm. that was the big one in the Terminator series to me. Um, even though some of them, I mean, that was the one that, like, lo- even though, even though Terminator the first was, one was way better. It was big, but Terminator 2 was the one that was really, I don't yeah. know, became like a phenomenon to me. Anyway, uh, adjusted for inflation, $423 million. Avatar, adjusted for inflation, $846 million. Titanic, adjusted for inflation, $1.178 billion. Wow. Not bad. Uh, so here wow. uh, we have uh, the election tonight in New York. Uh, we've spent a little bit of time on it at the beginning of the show. But let me give you the breakdowns here real quick of where this stands. The way this works is if you get 50% of the um, support, if Trump is able to do that, statewide he will get 11 delegates. If not, he will get some share of the 11. You know, So he might split it with Kasich or Cruz 8 to 3 or something like that. So there's some, that's kind of the small part of the story. The big part of the story is there's 27 districts in New York. Um, and each one of them has three delegates. They will either be split up. If Donald Trump gets 50% of the vote, he will get all three. If he gets less than 50% of the vote, most likely he will get two delegates, and whoever's in second will get one, whether it be Kasich or Cruz. And it's going to be probably a mix of those two. Uh, so it's breaking down the districts uh, as far as polling goes. Of the 27 districts, five of them look like locks for Trump to get 50%. He has already over 50%, uh, 56% in polling. Um, then six more, he's above 50% already. Uh, so you figure the, those 11, he's got a really good chance of winning all three delegates in there. Uh, there are six where he's below 50%, uh, between 45 and 49%. There are seven more districts, he's between 40 and 44%. And then there are three districts, he's under 40%. So you think that there's probably 10 districts, he's got a pretty good chance of not getting all three delegates. 
and 11 districts, there's a good chance of him getting three delegates. So you're probably looking at something in the mid-80s of the 95 uh, delegates that he can possibly get in New York today, which, while uh, that's what everyone's predicting now, so you could say he's meeting expectations, is still a pretty good night. I mean, if you're winning mm -hmm. 85 of the 95 delegates, that's it's a pretty good showing. It's too many. Yeah, I'd like him it's to win. It's unfair. Um, it's unfair. The Pat poll is showing me zero delegates. No delegates for Donald Trump in New York. Which uh, is going to surprise a lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of people think Cruz wins would do the better. state outright. Really? And it's 95 delegates. Can we show the Instagram photo? Because this is amazing. Someone yeah, tweeted please. this to me. This yeah, is this Rex is... Ryan. Look at this. Uh, and Donald Trump next to each other. Wow. Now, you tell at... me those aren't teeny hands. Look next at hands. to a guy who's a little bit shorter than him. But yeah. Rex is a big guy. Rex is big, but he's lost a lot of weight, so he's not. He's no bigger than Trump. Look at the size of his hand. It's a lot bigger than Trump. A lot, a lot, because he's got teeny, tiny, little <laughs> munchkin hands. He really does. Munchkin hands, munchkin Are we sure hands. he was born in, where was he born in, in Brooklyn? Or? He was, uh, no, he was born in, or? I thought he was, I mean, it's possible he was born in Gibson, He's born Florida, somewhere the along the Yellow Brick Road, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, the Carnies. Mm-hmm.